Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Ho, 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 you are listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, a show where we discuss trends, marketing, pop culture, and our favorite Christmas ads of the year, because at the end of the day, everything is an ad. I'm Adweek's community editor, Luz Corona, and I am joined by my friend and our Europe brand editor, Rebecca Stewart. How are things, Bex? Yeah, good. I'm feeling Christmassy. It might be a bit too early to get the tree up, though. Do you have yours up? No, I don't I don't even have an excuse I just <laughs> I don't you just don't I, yeah I just don't and it'll be done before December 24th I I will say that <laughs> um well we have a great episode today uh we're in the Christmas spirit and joining us today we have Adam and Eve's creative director Rick Brim and Adweek's creativity editor Brittany Kiefer who are going to talk to us through the creme de la creme of this year's holiday ads but first we have some reminders and call outs for you guys. Before we chat with Rick and Brittany, be sure to check out our rolling blog of the best 2023 holiday ads compiled by our very own Stephen Lepetak, Rebecca Stewart, and Brittany Kiefer. Yeah, don't forget to check that out. And Liz, we love a bit of feedback, don't we? We do. Has your LinkedIn been bumping too? Yeah, it's been popping off since we've done our episode last week with the Martin Agency on Snoop's Stoveless campaign. But we want to let you know that if you follow us on Adweek across every platform, you can send us questions, suggestions, and kind words only, please. Or you can send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Now, without further ado, let's jump into our conversation with Rick and Britt. And stay tuned after that chat to hear from Work's Awards lead, John Bizzle, who'll be talking about the 2024 Work Awards and why they're the most effective effectiveness awards out there. Welcome, Britt and Rick. Thank you so much both for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Now, um... I want to kind of paint a picture here before we jump into a really great discussion today. Uh, Me personally, as the Americaner, and Britt, you are here too, um, I only recently learned about the significance of Christmas advertisements in the UK. Uh, I first got exposed to it when I noticed, you know, starting working here at Adweek, that anything that we wrote on ads in the UK for Christmas time were trending, always skyrocketing. So, and and that was kind of my first exposure. So I would love to give our listeners just kind of paint a picture of the significance here. Um, Britt, maybe you can kind of kick us off since you've been living there in London for a bit. 
Well, the closest equivalent would be the Super Bowl. So in the same way that the general public will watch the Super Bowl and pay attention to the ad breaks, that's what happens during Christmas time in the UK and much of Europe. People who don't work in advertising or media will be interested to see what comes out. And the brand that probably started that, but Rick can add to this, is the retailer John Lewis. And people wait for their Christmas ads to come out year after year. Um, some people say it's the start of the Christmas season here. And then a lot of other brands have followed suit and put a lot of budget behind what they create. Rick, do you have anything yeah, to add to that? I think, I think it's, 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 it, it's not a new thing that the, um, the holidays is coming Coke truck um, always sort of signaled that it was okay. We've now, come out of this period of the year and we're now going into this period where, where we're starting to talk about the holidays and um yeah the ads the ads are part of that so just like starbucks do their red cup which is for the festive season um the ads in the uk also mean it's it's getting close to christmas um and it is a it is a it, it, i mean every year it would always baffle me at the media attention they would get and 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 the, the, the main newspapers are sort of desperately trying to find out um, what what the story is, and and it, it, it's news. People read it and, and and want to know what what it is before it comes out. And on the day of launch, you you see people on the tube watching it on their phone. Friends of um, like family friends will say, "Well, we got into the office and people sat around watching you." And this is not people in advertising at all. This is this is the general public. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a big deal here. Mm-hmm. And every and year you think give... it's going to finish, and every year it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> and just to give listeners like a little bit behind the scenes, Liz, you know, as a trade journalist, like covering advertising, you get invited to all these kind of big budget premieres, like. Brands will literally hire out cinemas to do a screening um, of the ads. They have choirs, they'll have kind of Christmas parties with like gift bags. It's very much an experience. So it's quite a busy time of year too for us. Wow. Would you say, I wonder if it's like the equivalent of our upfront upfront season here? Because that kind of sounds like a whole big like media shebang. So that's so fascinating. It's probably similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. Interesting. And, and Brett, you've been covering all the Christmas ads this year for ad and every year for ad week. Um, so you're really well placed to give a kind of overview of the like trends and themes we've been seeing this year. Historically, there's been this kind of emotive ad, uh, this emotional formula that John Lewis were the architects of. But this year there's cost of living crisis. You know, there's all this kind of global uncertainty against this backdrop. Like how have Christmas ads changed in 2023? What kind of vibe are brands going for this year? A couple of things I've noticed is, uh, one, it's very lighthearted this year. I feel like there's more of an emphasis on humor as opposed to the more like overly sentimental, emotional ads that might make you cry. I haven't seen as much of that this year. Um, I think people just want escape escapism. So we're seeing that reflected in the ads as well. I've also seen some brands trying to kind of go against the tropes. So I'm, I noticed that in the soundtracks, there's a lot of like 80 songs instead of the typical festive songs. And a few brands like Marks and Spencer or Ikea or John Lewis talking about expanding traditions or going against some of the usual traditions. Rick, what have you noticed so far? 
Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of. I think lighthearted is is, is yeah. I think that's definitely um, a theme. I think my favourite ones, actually, my favourite one is still a an emotional story. Um, um, but the, my two favourite ones are uh, emotional stories. I think I think well, when we get onto that, but but um, yeah, I think I think a lot of brands have have tried to be a lot more lighthearted, tried to be joyous, tried to be populist, and I think certain ones have really pulled it off. And I think it's a hard thing to do that without it being cheesy. Mm. Um, mm-hmm, and I yeah. think certain brands yeah. have pulled it off, and I, I think certain brands not not so much. Yeah. Um, I know. And it's so easy to go for cheesy, right? So mm-hmm. like, uh, so that that's interesting to hear over there. Now, Rick, I understand you're no stranger to Christmas ads. For a long time, you worked on the John Lewis account, which, as you mentioned before, is it's the biggest holiday ad moment in the UK. So you've been front and center. Um, you've also worked with Harvey Nichols and brought other memorable ads to the screens in the UK. Um, any favorites pop out? This year, it's really interesting because we, we, we're no longer working with John Lewis. So it's a year, um, so we didn't do this year. So we, we it's a year where it's been quite nice just to stand back and have and not have any skin in the game because it, it, it it's kind of weird when you're in it and something drops, you know, oh, is that better? Is this not? Um, yeah, I, I have I have some favourites. Uh, and, and by a country mile, my favourite is the Apple ad. I think mm. it is... Ah spectacularly good I think it is beautifully done I think I think the story is original Um, I think it's got the right amount of emotion in it I think it's got the right amount of sort of the storytelling's brilliant Um, I really like the the slightly anarchic bit at the beginning where she's making this boss do horrible things I I think it's it's got everything for me (laughs) Um, I think I think a good Christmas ad should have, and it just makes you feel. I just really liked it. I saw it, and I was like, "That, that for me is by far and away the um, the better one, the best one." Yeah, I liked how the narrative of that changed as well. Like you said, it started out as she hates her boss, and then she warms to him, and she sees a different side of him. Yeah. It's like a modern day all Scrooge tale. Yeah. Um, so that was one of my favorites as well. Nice, Britt. Any other favorites? Well, quick shout out for something that Adam and Eve DDB did do for Christmas, which is the Temptations ad, the cat food brand. I liked that. It's like a retro, it's 70s, right, Rick? Like an old holiday special. Um, And the cats are kind of disrupting the moment. I thought that was fun. It stood out in the, the, the other ads that have been out this year. I also like... This came out a little before the ones in the UK. It's an American one um, from Ocean Spray. They kind of continued their um, last year. They did their jiggle ad around the Thanksgiving table where the jelly sauce jiggles violently and then the whole table does as well. And this year they expanded that to a holiday party um, with kind of a mischievous grandmother who comes in and spikes the punch bowl with cranberry juice cocktail. So I liked that because it was so absurd and um, different tone than you usually see at this time of year. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was such a good one. My two favorites are from the same agency, actually. I like the Leo's work for McDonald's, which is just a continuation of the uh, Raise Your Arches, the kind of eyebrows ad. I like how they brought that execution into Christmas because it's been quite effective for the brand. And I just covered one yesterday, which is really fun and a bit unexpected from Tui, which is a travel brand uh, in the UK. And usually they'd wait until January to do the big ad blitz, but they decided to do a Christmas ad this year and it's got kind of dancing elves in it. It's just a bit silly and fun. I think the lighthearted ones are kind of resonating more with me a bit this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 uh, I like the McDonald's one. It, it, had, it didn't have enough raise your arches for me. It, mm. it, Not it, enough eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sort of stopped short of doing it. But um, And again, another one of my favourite <laughs> from the same agency is um, is Morrison's, which is a supermarket mm. here, and it, it used the... Um, the oven glove, uh, singing oven gloves, and and that was yeah, as great as saying the um, the eighties ballad sung by an oven glove. And it just it just was a bit silly. Um, yeah, eighties ballads are having a big moment. They are yeah. UK yeah. advertising. Yeah, <laughs> they are. Um, Liz, did you have any favourites? Um, I would say. Yeah, the, I mean, in the America or in the UK? Anywhere, globally. <laughs> you know, I keep seeing the um, the Amazon ad pop up everywhere. Like, you know, at, like at the restaurant, like I was at the sports bar on Sunday and it was popping up. You hear like the Beatles melody. We love like a good like Beatles track, you know, a little sentiment there. So I would say that one's that one's my favorite at the moment. Yeah, the music is such a big part of it. I always wondered how you chose that for the, the John Lewis ads, Rick, Adam and Eve. Great difference. It was it was always the one it was always the one thing that was the night before. Sometimes sometimes you'd have it. Sometimes you've had it you'd have it from the very, very beginning. So when we had when we did the dog on the trampoline, we had that from the the very first time Dougal Wilson showed us the treatment, and that was the track on it. Um and then sometimes it is literally you're scrambling around studios in West London. <laughs> recording with hours to go like you the press conference is at 9am the next morning and we're still we're still demoing artists i mean we have that um, that's stressful yeah no it's oh stressful God, it's stressful and really conference. exciting that's the bit i've missed this year with that is that the sort adrenaline. of the adrenaline of the, the final week <laughs> nothing else but that but um wow. yeah it's it, it's 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 an interesting one because i think the music is 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 uh so key and i, I think it, it, it helps drive so much of the narrative and it helps drive so much of the storytelling. Um, it's so important and it's so hard to get right. And I think from my experience of, if we're looking at things like um, the work we did with Waitrose, which is a supermarket, uh, John Lewis's sister, this kind of uh, company, and John Lewis, I think some years we got music really right and maybe not so much the ad. And then other years, um, we didn't get the music as probably right as I'd like it to be. It's 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 really hard. It's really really hard. Mm. And every and, and, and music's so subjective. So and something you I, and we would have stand up rounds with the with the client in a good way. We had a really good relationship. And I, I I would call the client and beg, sort of get get down on my knees and beg <laughs> for this track. And it, in his uh, in his own very own way, is like no big man. 
this is the one. <laughs> like, okay. That was me. That was me trying to do a Scottish accent. Um, and 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 and, and, that's that, and that's what makes it wonderful. That's what makes it great that, that you can have these open discussions and and then also what what what's interesting is 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 a lot of people have tried to compose as well in terms of write original songs, and that can go that can go very very well, or it can go pretty pretty badly mm-hmm. um, yes but yeah music is music is a very hard thing to get right I think yeah but I think you're right Liz with that Amazon ad like as soon as you hear the Beatles it just kind of tugs on something at your heartstrings and that could have been a John Lewis ad and and days gone by they've kind of adopted that formula but Rick I have another question for you you know Christmas is obviously a big spending season um, Mm -hmm. and brands want to make money of course but they spend a lot of money on these ads but this year we've seen some brands kind of eschew Christmas advertising entirely and one of them is Iceland which is quite a kind of socially purposeful driven brand you know Rick you've sat on the other side of that table Uh, like how effective are these ads for brands in terms of driving the bottom line in short very um and I can't speak for everyone and I can't speak for every ad out there and and but there are stories of if M&S feature address it sells out if if Waitro feature a, 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 a Christmas pudding, it will sell out. So, so there is that sort of say it by it. Um, there is that definite power of that. But, but also, I think I think we've toyed around in the past. Do we do an ad this year? Do we do something else? And and we always come back to, or we always came back to. Um, yes, no, you do it because there's some amazing sort of data, and I, I've I've got sort of sound bites that I can. I've had written down for me, so I don't get them wrong. But um, they, they, it, so, so, for example, for the John Lewis campaign, um, it was over the decade of the campaign, it was um, 1.2 billion in incremental sales. And that sales attributed to the campaign according to sort of econometrics. Um, so, so and, 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 and then there's like for every £10 of profit, um, you could, they've got ten pound of profit for every one pound spent. So these are the these are like the data figures that that, that econometrics have spent a lot of time digging over. Um, uh, so that, that that that's fact. But um, yeah, and so so that, that it, it, it won um, IPA effectiveness Grand Prix and Creative Effectiveness in Cannes Grand Prix. So so I can only talk about that one um, one example. But yes, it is. It is, and a lot of these stores do majority of their or a, a sizable chunk of their business during that sort of three month period. So mm-hmm. um, it, it definitely, it definitely moves the dial. I think different years also it moves the dial more, and sometimes it doesn't because it, you've got to look at where the world is and, and and where people are and where the economy is at at that moment, but. No, it definitely, it definitely um, works. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. 
I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Yeah, Britt Brit and I were talking about like how a lot of the ads this year, they still got storytelling, but they're quite product heavy. And mm-hmm. so that's probably got a role to play in that. You kind of noticed that too, Britt, didn't you? Yeah, I know. I started noticing that more last year and, and marketers also saying that explicitly when, when you would go to these previews, they would say, we put more product in this than ever before. Who knows if that's accurate, but I definitely noticed it more. Um, we've woven in through the stories of the ads themselves. I um I, I can't help but think that in comparison to here, because I know you guys uh, previously compared it to our Super Bowl and how kind of shocking it was to the advertising ecosystem when Pepsi pulled out as like the halftime sponsor, you know, and kind of like, you know, they they expressed that they are focusing more on the bottom line and, and you know, things like that. So this is very interesting to hear that there are numbers actually that can be um, paired to that. But uh, going back to an earlier question, Rick, for you. So I would assume, because you mentioned press conference. So I just, you know, like th- this, it's it's crazy. It's a whole big scene, you know. So I'm assuming that it's a big deal for creatives to have a Christmas ad within their portfolio, right? Like how, how big of a deal is it? Is it like kind of the goal of creatives over there? I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, I think so. I don't think, I don't think people, the creatives... I, I don't think it's the be all and end all. I don't think it's as much as having a Super Bowl ad, or, or it, it, it's it's. it's like, I think it's more about having a good ad, as opposed to a Christmas ad. If it's a good Christmas ad, then yes, um, but it's more about the quality of the work as opposed to just having something that is a Christmas ad. Um, but it is, it's it, it's 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 a crazy experience for creatives and I would, I, would, I, would, I would always sort of sit the creatives down who have the winning script and sort of prep them for the insanity that's going to ensue and and and, and it would be it would be you will it will go out on November the 6th at six o'clock in the morning and then by half past seven you will have a thousand text messages from people that know you and everybody, everybody in the country will have an opinion. And certain people, for that day, it'll be the best thing that anybody has ever seen, ever. And then somebody else will come along the next day and it's like, go home, John Lewis. There's a new kid in town. And it's <laughs> and, and it's the same every year. It is the same every year. Um, and and it, it can be quite, uh, because it's so, it's so uh, watched and commented on, especially on Twitter. Uh, Twitter can be a pretty dark place uh, for it because mm. um, mm-hmm. people either people only go onto Twitter to go, I absolutely love this or I absolutely hate this. And, and there's been a couple of years, and, and Britt can, can uh, testify to this, that, that, that I've 
sort of lost myself a little bit in the in the comments, and you, you, you just have to turn them all off and ignore them because you can you can you can go to quite a dark place mm-hmm. if you read everything. And, and the instinct no is one to wants read that at Christmas time. Yeah, exactly. No, it's like the opposite of what you want to go. People can be really sort of brutal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, especially something that's so prolific. So, <laughs> so you, you do have to you do have to sort of have a thick skin. Yeah. yeah. Now is also a good time to mention this little anecdote. There's a, a man, I think he's based in America, and his Twitter handle is at John Lewis, but that's just his name. Uh, and every year people tweet him, like, you know, their opinion about the ad, and he, and he kind of diligently replies that is to brilliant. people. He's funny. Uh, wow. He's good. Yeah. We started sending so it to him um, early so he, so, he, so he could be prepared with answers. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he was brought in on the process. Yeah, they, they, they always sent me a gift so what, to say thank you. <laughs> what could possi- people possibly say, though? It's not magical enough. It's not like red or green. You know, like oh, it's... People it's, are very passionate about people, this you, topic. Wow. You've ruined Christmas. I mean, <laughs> yeah, can you get any, any worse than that? <laughs> well done, John Lewis. No. You've ruined Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that too. Yeah, well, this year it was M&S that ruined Christmas, so John Lewis got a, got a year off. Um, but Brett and Rick, like last question, based on this year's kind of crop of ads, what do you want to see from brands next Christmas? Brett, you can start. I just want to see more original storytelling. Um, this year I felt a lot of the ads were quite similar. I'm sure it's so difficult to come up with an original story and original take on Christmas, but like the Apple ad, I really liked that twist on a familiar story, and I'd like to see more of that next year. Yeah, it was really interesting storytelling at the Apple ad. I, I want to see ads that don't look like they're shot in the same house. <laughs> they all look yeah, like they're shot in the same house. Yeah. In the same house. And uh, actually, one, one, one of the ones um, we haven't mentioned, I think, that, that's, that, that, that's completely took me by surprise was Tesco's, which is a big supermarket here. Um, and and the premise of, a, of the ad is, is ridiculous. It's just as soon as you get excited about Christmas, you you pop into what excites you. So Christmas trees and mince pies, baubles. And, and it's a story of a teenager who's resisting getting festive and all the end, in the end he can't help himself. But it was. And he it, turns into a tree as well. And he turns into a tree. Now, now the idea sounds sounds absolutely ludicrous, but the way it was handled and the way it was shot and the and the way this, that story was told, it it was great. It was it was it was it was really good. Um, so so yeah, just different ways of telling telling Christmas stories. Um, I want to yeah. see next year. I, I, I don't want to, and I, I want to see. Brands posturing more with scale, and and Apple's feels like it's got scale. There was there was a couple of years ago where I think we had the Penguin ad, and Sainsbury's had the World War One ad, and 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 it just looked like brands were really going to town and really mm. trying and and really caring about the craft and not 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 sort of relying on familiar tropes um i'd love to see that but me too and different ways of i think when the super bowl is at its best is when people hack it and mess around with it and sort of play with the play with it and i'd love to see a bit more 
sort of fun and, and, and sort of hacky and playing with the notion of these Christmas ads and um, yeah I'd, I'd love to see a bit more inventiveness around them yeah I love that and um, hopefully next year we can have you both on to talk through whether brands have done that or not so thank you both so much Brett and Rick and thank you Liz for joining us too thank you thank all you. thank you thank Rick. you very much Merry Christmas Merry Christmas <laughs> Merry Christmas <laughs> And welcome listeners to the first of our conversations with the work team. As you know, award season is approaching new year, new awards. Um, and we are joined by John Bazell, awards lead at work to tell us everything we need to know about their upcoming awards. But first, John, welcome. How are you? Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. You've gone from talking about Snoop Dogg to talking to me. So <laughs> I'm happy to Honest- be on it. <laughs> Based on our conversations already with you, you're yes. you're pretty up there in the entertainment part. So I'm excited for our listeners. If, if I can break the internet like he did with this talk, I'll be happy. <laughs> well, you you have the mic. You know, we want to hear more about work awards. Um, first, let's let's introduce our listeners. You know, tell them uh, everything they need to know about this upcoming awards uh, specifically. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, if your listeners are familiar with Walk at all, it's it's hopefully as the sort of home of marketing effectiveness. We've been around since the 80s and Walk's really a, a repository for studies and, and um, insights, reports that help marketers put evidence at the heart of their decision making. So our awards grew out of that. And we like to talk about the Walk Awards as being the most effective effectiveness awards around, which is catchy. I think you'll agree. Um, So our sister brand is Can Lions, which everyone will be familiar with and where they are the ultimate benchmark for creative work. Walk wants to be about celebrating campaigns that can really prove their effectiveness. Um, And I suppose what makes us different to other effectiveness awards people might enter is that we really put our focus on the rigor and consistency of judging. We have a mechanism called the creative effectiveness ladder, and that allows our judges to benchmark work. So really, wherever you're entering in the world, you'll be judged to the same standard. Um, And we've done a bit of uh, retooling of our own for our awards this year. Um, We now have five regional shows, so people can enter either in Asia Pacific, in Europe, Latin America, Middle East and Africa or North America. All of our shows open at the same time and they all have the same deadline. The early birds on the 12th of February and then the final deadlines on the 6th. Uh, sorry, early birds on the 12th of December and then the final deadlines on the 6th of February. <laughs> I should know those by now. <laughs> it's okay. It's been, it's been a long morning already. And John, you yeah. mentioned, you know, that the awards are all about celebrating effectiveness and marketing, which is uh, so pivotal to CMOs just now because budgets are tight for everyone. Yeah. So in my, with that in mind, you know, mm-hmm. why should people invest in these awards? Yeah, that's a great question, Bex. I think um, a real advantage of the Walk Awards is that part of this restructure means that you can enter once, but you actually have the opportunity to win twice. So everyone has to enter in their region. And then in each region, we award bronze, silver and gold. But then our gold winners automatically advance to a kind of global Grand Prix championship level. And then we award 
Grand Prix uh, during Cannes Lions Week. So you can just enter at one point, you could win a gold in your region and then win a global Grand Prix as well, which to my mind is a cost-effective <laughs> use of your awards budget. Um, but of course, like another great benefit of the Walk Awards is that ultimately it's about getting your case study published on Walk. So all entrants to the Walk Awards, whether you win or not, end up getting published on the site and join the sort of official Walk library that, that helps the sector make its decisions. And those cases are constantly used by our community of like 75,000 marketers. We pull them into reports. They're used in lots of other resources afterwards. So it's great exposure for the entrant. That's great. So it's almost like even regardless of whether you win, even though that is the goal, that mm -hmm. your work will be posted up somewhere and will serve as a resource to the rest of the industry. Absolutely. So you enter, all entrants get published on the walk site. Then you go through regional judging. You can get awarded in your region. And then if you win a gold in your region, you go through to that global championship of Grand Prix and you can get another award there. So if you're if you're looking at what to do with your awards budget, I think the Walk Awards is a great way to go. And uh, yeah, hopefully they'll listen to this in time to get in for that early bird, which is on the 12th of December. <laughs> 12th of December. And um, and if we want to guide our listeners to where they can access information, more information uh, and the link will be posted in this episode description, correct? That's right. Follow the show notes. There's a link to our site. My contact details are there. You can download the entry pack and link straight through to the entry system. Great. Um, well, Thanks, thank you John. so much, John Bazell. I think that wraps our, our first conversation with you, but more to come. And thank you listeners for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by me, Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Ahrens and John Heil, and edited by Lane McGivney at Boutwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Thanks for listening.